0: This podcast is part of the
1: Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com.
2: Greetings. This is Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi.
0: I'm about to have a I uh, Master Plo, have you heard of this Here's Yes, oh, Ya, yeah, Obi-Wan. You're listening to Star Wars Conversations here indeed. The Force is strong with them.
1: Oh, I
2: agree, Master Plow. The Force is very strong with these conversations. This is the conversation you're looking for.
3: I'm Charles.
1: And I was supposed to say hello there, but this is episode 87. It's a dark time for the rebellion, receiving crushing blows by the newly formed Empire. With the execution of Order 66. With the Empire came suffering, destruction and loss. In these times of despair, we turn to our only hope.
3: Oh, Obi Wan Kenobi.
1: Ah, a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> Since, Thankfully, like, three days ago when we watched the last episode again.
3: Thankfully, we've got a series dedicated to him on Disney Plus now, and that was fantastic. And we have two great friends here to uh, talk to us about it. Thank you guys so much for coming back, Michael and Dale from It's True All of It podcast. How are you guys doing?
1: You're really good. To fantastic. Good to nice. In unison, no less. <laughs> All <laughs> exactly. right.
3: we love these guys oh man exactly it's a pattern now we got to go through new series we watch them all then we have them on (laughs) to talk about it always happy to be here
4: yeah
1: what we'll do is have a bit of a roundtable discussion kind of uh overall impression of the series and then we can kind of dive in a little deeper nice sound good Yep. very good all right well, then who's kicking it off? Do I start first? Do you start first? Who's not wearing a mask? How about <laughs> oh. Dale? <laughs> uh,
4: for me, I absolutely loved it. Someone asked me the other day what I would give it out of 10, and I really would say it's pretty much a 9 for me. The initial takeaway from the very first episode, the very first scene, I thought this is it. This is going to be brilliant. Just that Order 66, we are off. And then... A lovely little surprise by the name of Leia, and things got better. I got my sweet Jimmy Space Jimmy Smiths, um, <laughs> and yeah, just absolutely loved it. But that was the highlights for me, just the surprise of having Leia, because I was convinced that Alderaan, Leia, and Bale would be kept for Andor, uh, mm-hmm. Birth of the Rebellion, and I thought there would be an off-world adventure for Obi-Wan, but it, I didn't dream that it would be this. Awesome. cool.
1: And she was so fantastic, too. Uh, wasn't she amazing? <laughs> oh, yeah. I
3: think uh, Carrie would have been very proud to see that young actress.
1: Uh, oh, they would uh, have been her best buds. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Michael, what uh, what was your takeaway?
2: Yeah, it was sort of like from the beginning you could say it's taking its time. It's going to tell a story. We're hearing now another big, massive story arc of Obi-Wan. <laughs> like, I remember a while back, maybe a year, a couple of years ago, we are talking about Obi-Wan, and now here we are again. We're getting some more story about him. But just things like the actors, Joel Edgerton, interactions, so we know how um Owen Lars and Ben's relationship. L- Little layer obviously, that surprise. Yeah, Jimmy Smith's back into it. Hayden, um, obviously, because of Vader, so we've got James Earl Jones. So, you got all those big names and hating. Flea, like the big, those little surprises, and that <laughs> other lovely actor. I, and I should know his name, and he's just lovely, but I just forget lots of the actors' names, but he was pretending to be a Jedi, and then <laughs> he did the good <laughs> thing. Um, oh, just. Some of Johnny yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, just that, like, not expecting, because I didn't look in too deep. And, oh, and a little bit of a, um, trivia. The, yeah, Aunt Baru. The actor, she actually recorded in the same studio I'm recording in at the moment, back in the late 90s, and the engineer said she was really bubbly and happily. In that's Scotland. cool. Yeah, so there you go. So that's my massive sort of takeaway, I guess. And um, just this fight scene with Vader and Obi-Wan, yeah, I could say more, but in short, why not? It's just fantastic. Ewan really playing that part again of Obi-Wan, really great, mm-hmm. and really getting into it, and you can just see it.
4: Some of the best acting in Star
1: Wars. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, a lot of really great performances throughout the series. And, uh, you know, I had, I had some people, uh, feel taken out of it by seeing Flea, but I, I think he was perfect for what he, for what he needed to be. <laughs> Loved it. Charles, what did you think? I hated it.
3: No, I, <laughs> you know, I think at the end of it, I am so happy that we have this series because the way it ended, the way they tied everything up. Firstly, the fact that they moved the premiere to the Friday and had mm. two episodes seemed like, Oh, we're going to placate some, you know, some needs over for star Wars celebration. But I was really glad that they put those first two episodes out because I think it, the pacing of the story that was starting, uh, was a slow build and getting those two episodes and the end of the second episode uh, really did help launch the series. Okay. We're taking this seriously and how it ended on uh, episode two. So, and then by the end of it, I loved it. I'd I'd agree with Dale. I'd say uh, nine on ten. And there's a lot of nice uh, little tidbits in there that uh, we'll get to as we sort of d- dive into the details.
1: Pat, what about you? Oh yes. Um. <laughs> I uh. I liked it. I enjoyed it very much. I feel like there could have been some more that they did. I think it would have been cool to get a little quest for Obi Wan. I think he could have essentially tracked down Jedi that could help him reconnect with the Force, with maybe through the path, with help from Quinlan Vos, and maybe lead him to some former Jedi that are still alive and cast to public approval already, uh, (laughs) such as Ahsoka. And I don't know, I feel like... Maybe if it was eight episodes, um, then they could have really expanded on that stuff and even brought him to Dagobah wow. to to kind of reconnect and get that, that super-powered reconnection to the Force to then go back and rescue Leia and go through all of the events that happened. Uh, some of that could have been truncated and then added some of that stuff in, which would have been really cool to see and integrate into Obi-Wan's story as opposed to um, Reva, I think. Because there was a lot of leaning on that aspect, which is cool. But when you got six episodes, I think there was so much more you could have done with him, with the, the title character. True. But I loved Ewan, and I always do.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that the quest is, um, as we remember when we first see him in this series, how broken he is. How disconnected he is from the Force, which did remind me of Last Jedi Luke. Mm. You know, it ain't easy being an old Jedi, (laughs) an old Hermit Jedi. And and he, he sort of had that post-traumatic, um, you know, you think what, what he went through, Order 66 and the use of the Force as it came back and especially the last episode to be able to defeat Vader or if you want to call it defeat. And I thought that was such a personal quest. And some of those ideas are really cool, Pat. I hope that like, you get onto the writer's room for season two of this (laughs) (laughs) because because they're kind of like wishless things I'd like to see and and I was wondering what could they possibly do for season two but Pat's got it sorted.
2: (laughs) Yeah you have Pat I was just gonna say like look I wish there was that sort of question I'm just thinking yeah that'll go to season two and I mean I forgot to mention the other thing I loved finally get to seeing Liam Neeson. I thought I knew, come on, it's got to happen. And I thought it's going to happen right at the end. But just that he's disconnected from the Force, so he hasn't seen him. Yeah, i have always here. Yeah, you were not looking. And then I love that last Yoda (laughs) arc of uh, Clone Wars and him getting trained to be um, a Force ghost. So let's see this in real live action, see how they can put those things together and see what it would look like. And I don't know. There's more to explore. Who knows if, I don't know if they're doing Season 2, if they want it at some point down the track. Ahsoka pops up, but I love it how he mentions Quinlan, you know, like Master yeah. Voss, you know, in Revenge of the Sith, and this time he says Quinlan, and yeah. him pop up or something, and, yeah, I don't know, for sure. More can happen. You
4: know, talking about um, Flea taking you out of it, uh, I felt very much that the very aged Liam at the end there really <laughs> is like, Gosh. oh, my God, look at that fucking wig. He's, like, from the costume shop. It's Lucasfilm. <laughs> you can do better than that. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like someone wanted to go to a party and sort of dress as some 80s heavy metal and I
1: mean
4: it's just like so visibly aged. Yes.
1: Yes, that's
3: yeah. true. He's and got with, that sort with, of drawn face that he never had and you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a definite look in there that uh he's playing his character at the age that he's
1: playing it you know. There's a Yeah,
3: I just got a little bit of a giggle, but at the same time I was like, oh, that's
4: awesome, but isn't it funny? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they they already put the blue filter on. They could have done the the, the aging yeah. to, 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 like for Michael Douglas.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, but it's weird that sort of force ghost stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Anything, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. there's some there's some inconsistencies.
1: It took a lot out of him to physically manifest. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, um, I mean, he's the first. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do
4: you remember it's in the actually... making of the Phantom Menace where they were talking about they had like that sandstorm which George considered was good luck because there was one on a new hope yeah, and then right. there was like liam's wig or mustache or something that defined amongst the uh. rubble of post storm i thought oh jesus
1: same one they just went back and found it it's in the archives <laughs> <It's> just now <laughs> so you brought up
3: reva before pat with her character um how she played into the whole story there. Having Hmm. the Inquisitors being brought from Rebels and as this sort of post-Order 66 was fantastic because then now you're bridging Rebels, you're bridging some of the animated series and Grand Inquisitor's look and feel aside, just the character himself having them in there. This series, I really feel, did a lot of good things with pulling in different types of media and where some of the characters were or the sets like, and I mentioned that some of the, the uh, little Easter eggs and stuff for people that maybe not know all that depth, how that can then be seeds for other things, like maybe season two, like you said, Pat, or even if they don't, other series can come back to this as a starting point. You
1: know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, that was the thing is, you know, you start out in the mundane, uh, life of Kenobi, just hmm, getting by on, uh, <laughs> on this w- weird corner of some back world, outer rim planet where n- nothing seems to happen except everything in Star Wars. And um <laughs> it's kind of sad to see that that's what he's doing. You know, of course, when you see the, the other force user slash Jedi that's being hunted by the Inquisitors, you understand why. He can't use the force. He can't really be imbued with it because they sense it and he's just kind of keep his head down and wait till Luke's ready to train and then, you know, and then let's get to it. But until then, let's, you know, keep a low profile and put that apron on and get it done. Um, so, so it's really like you, you watch, it's like rough to watch because you just get done seeing that intro and how, how great he was in the prequels and just how, how much of an asset he was to the Republic, and how great he was as a Jedi, and now he's slicing meat in the dinner.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm wondering that meat, like, wouldn't it go off just sitting out there, that big fish in the desert? What's, what's right. I was, like, thinking about that, yeah. That <laughs> like, salmon. you've
1: been here at least a week. I'm pretty sure none of that meat is edible at this point. <laughs> I didn't see any salt anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his, his poor uh, EOP is like, ugh, gross. Yeah, well, I'm sure he uses the as like
3: his sort of guidepost. As soon as he gives him a piece, if he keels over, okay, I'm off this job. Let's go find another <laughs> he's, one.
1: He's <laughs> like his uh, his cave canary. Yeah. <laughs> he gives him a piece. He's like, eh, nope, bad. Don't eat it. <laughs> did
4: anyone else keep uh, waiting for the Inquisitors to have their helicopter lightsaber blades?
1: I was thinking, are they going to go there? Are they going to go there? Oh, no. boy. I, I, Could you imagine luckily, the I didn't think about it, that didn't happen. <laughs> I, I did kind of expect at least the spinning blades for battle. But I was yeah. like, if one of them lifts off with this, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> You know, obviously we mentioned Leia already. Mm. As soon as you see her, you just know it's trouble. Uh, Vivian Lyra Blair was the actress. And, like, just to see the regality of Alderaan and the very sort of regimented response to visiting family and, like, the protocols they use and everything. And she's just like, nah, I'm going to go climb a tree. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I get it. Like, she's learned all this stuff, so, like, diplomacy and everything else, like, she's got it, she knows it, which is great for later in life, but she's still got that wild side, and it's like, yep, that's exactly what she would do.
4: Yeah, that was so great to keep the connectivity with the adult character. And the, the little girl, because they, they didn't lean into it in a sort of on the nose way where, which they could have, um, they yep. just gently gave us, uh, some hints for what would come in adulthood and that plucky princess that we all love. And, and, and I loved seeing older. I'm like, it's a place I've wanted to see for so long. Yep. And I do hope we get to see some of it in Andorra because obviously we're not going back there for an, the second season of Obi-Wan Kenobi which, as I believe the series is Disney's biggest hit, I would oh, cool. say that there's going to be a
2: season two. Oh, that's your, Cool. Okay. All right. I was at a party or something last night, and so obviously a lot of people talked to me, oh, you know, Michael, tell me about what you thought of Obi-Wan, and quite a few people will be saying, yeah, I, that one was my favourite out of them all, and then they'll rank the other out of the live-action ones that have been so far, and then they'll rank the next one, the next one, so... Yeah, that's a good thing to know, once again, like, I mean, even just through the success of The Mandalorian, people that were not Star Wars fans are going, yeah, I want to watch this, and blah, 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 and now people, um, I mean, I have a few friends that just rarely watch anything, so they've only watched the first episode or two, and then they're just like, yeah, this is really good, and it's great that it's branching out to other people to show sort of a story, and I mean, I was explaining to people at a party, like, the reason why I like it is, it reminds me of, say, I'm watching also Picard as well, and then, like, you got actors that have been working together for 30 years or well, you know 30 years ago or something and then they mention that you've been annoying me for 30 years like the, in the the characters or whatever <laughs> yeah. or something like that and then you just see some other sort of connection but it's the same with this Ewan and their characters like oh my gosh what's happened to you but no you didn't do anything. anything am I've made this decision and just that that sort of shock and that reuniting but it's exciting to sort of see that what would they do if uh because you know we'd only saw them oh yeah you yeah, you're twisted and evil and, like, you know, you're only just a agent of evil, Darth, and all this sort of stuff, but this is the in-between, that um, the confliction. Like, yeah, he's lost and he's upset and it's all broken, but seeing Vader without his helmet on and um, realising what's happening and us to get all that emotional connection and, yeah.
4: I think it's great that um, it's further encouraging the love affair with the prequels which if yeah. we go back mm-hmm. to the um, mm. se- beginning of the sequels, it was, uh, we don't do that. It's, it's CGI anymore. No, it's all practical effects. Yeah, And, um, mm-hmm. people come round, and it's really great to see because I know the four of us have always been prequel fans. So it's awesome mm. to see, you know, the people starting to go back and watch it with
3: less uh, critical eyes. Mm. And then especially with the Clone Wars and The animated series, you know, the the depth with which the characters get into and and how it enriches not just the movies, but now even with Kenobi. And that was my point, too, about the end of episode two, where we see Anakin slash Vader. And, you know, had they waited for that important first scene of Vader, it would have been challenging as a series to, okay, we got Leia, which is cool and all that sort of stuff. But they hit it early to say, look, Vader's here. You're going to see him. Uh, yeah. That was really a brilliant stroke, and like you are saying, Michael, that it gives you that emotional connection immediately, mm-hmm. and I also couldn't wait to see Qui-Gon, and I think he called yeah. to him, what, two, three times in yeah. the series, yeah. and you knew it was his coming, but he was calling from, you know, a different headspace than he was by the end of it, so it made complete sense to me as well. But those emotional connections were really, really good, and this new one that he was making with Leia, and they had some amazingly tender moments, uh, tear-jerking, mm-hmm. and also with Bale, and those things, yes. you could say how they... Uh, really informed her character as she grew up
2: yeah look bale like he was just a true father yeah you're adopted and blah 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 just the way he spoke to her showed that respect it's like she's learning from actions yeah look we know she's sort of going off naughty and it's like yeah i know you don't want to go and be in this diplomacy that's why you'd be good at it so sort of it's like it's not forced so she can rebel against it and then you see leia like especially in empire strikes back she's leading like come on we have got to go blah blah she's just such a she's very focused and disciplined. They allowed her to get that to probably be a little bit of a kid and get that out of the way. They might, may, maybe they found that balance and they could just so see those little things. And the fact that people like for an example, you might read something that not being negative, just challenging and analyzing what media does. Like, Oh, how, how is this going to be in connection with the new hope and blah, blah, blah with Leah. But like, because she's with Ben, but um, you see you're on an adventure and she's learning like, from that other lovely rebellion lady character that died, and you know, the whole Ben gave her the whole stuff, I've forgotten the name, sorry, if it's just from Game of Thrones. Tala, yeah.
4: She was fantastic.
2: Yeah, she said to Leia, it's scary to risk your life, but it's worth it, things like that. Um, and like the loaded droid, I mean, she's saying, oh, what if he can't talk? What if he just wants to say something? And she's saying, actions speak louder than words. So she's learning things in different ways and sort of riddles and stuff. And you know she thought the Empire was there to help people, and now she's seeing a different side of it. so from the beginning at a early age, we see that she's at the maturity she is as Ben says, how old are you um and when Ben Kenobi was reading something on the rebels helping the Jedis save them and stuff, and somebody inscripted only when your eyes are closed, you can truly see so that's something else about oh, the Star Star Wars shows, loves everything. a bumper sticker, don't they, they love it. Oh my <laughs> and everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, we we hear about Ben's family a little bit more. Like we uh, Kenobi, you know, Obi Wan. Oh, like yeah. I've heard so many s- stories about him. Come listeners, go back to episode whatever it was, you know, and I'm singing the Obi Wan song, and um, <laughs> it, you know, like he he lost a teen and everything and all sorts of things going on, but we hear about. I was this age and, you know, I think I had a brother and all this sort of stuff and he's connecting that to Leia because she's, you know, adopted and stuff. So, uh, look, what I've just said that's just rolled out of my mouth, this is just some of the reasons why I love this stuff. There's connections, you can connect it to yourself and life. There's a story, it's not just like when I'm talking to my engineer, oh, you know, Marvel movies, the bad guy's going to, you know, get the good guy or whatever and they're going to destroy him. This is like, this is more complex. love it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's more complex if you want it to be and I think... yes. Um, What you were saying, Charles, uh, it can be just a very straightforward enjoyment. You can, you know, turn on Disney+, Plus, watch it, forget it. Mm. Or like us nerds, you can go deep dive. (laughs) And even though we've seen all the content and we're familiar with all the connective tissue, you can go back and watch things. And it gives it, I felt Kenobi more than anything, gave what we had before slightly different lens to look through, especially Rebels and... Clone Wars. Yep. 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 Big time.
1: And I think, too, when we're talking about enriching other points in the series, you've got these flashbacks oh. to <laughs> to <laughs> Obi-Wan and Anakin. And that is some tremendous stuff that you would have been really lucky to see back in the prequel era. There wasn't time to do that in the films. But now we have them through this. So it kind of strengthens that relationship between them, that mentoring situation between, you know, Master and Apprentice. It shows just how driven, like blindly driven, Anakin was and that Vader can still be. Because Mm. you've got that same mentality of like, this is what I have to do, this is how I, you know, this is how I have to get there. And now I have the upper hand and all of the things that that gave him that... (laughs) yeah <laughs> hand. So, if you have one hand, it better be the upper hand. um so you know all that stuff that gave him that false sense of security in winning and led to him well not learning a lesson that he should have learned um so you know all those things still um kind of show more depth to those characters in how. You know, despite adversity, Obi-Wan is still, you know, saberless. He's still going to defeat Anakin through level-headed thinking and, like, skill and just the way that he moves through the room and things like that. So it's like, okay, so if he's going to strike here and I step out of the way and then grab the saber, now I've got the saber and he doesn't. So uh that kind of stuff really just transcends that prequel era. and those learning experiences to today when vader's on this rampage trying to get to him and he misses out because he's blinded by revenge and by his need to win
2: and that's probably why i think the emperor sort of
1: says look don't he doesn't want him to go for it
2: because he doesn't want vader to be obsessed and blinded he wants vader to be focused for him, yeah, the Emperor's probably aware and probably just thinks it's just not worth it. You know, if he's about to nearly, he, he, I'm sure he could sense it that he's pretty much, you know, kicked his ass and stuff. So it's like, no, nah, let's just go away from him. Let's do his thing. And I don't
1: know. It's, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Let him age another 10 years and then he'll give up on our step
4: <laughs> What?
1: It's a long game.
4: Yeah. Well, we talked a lot about character motivations and things, but. Just one other element of the series that was fantastic was the production. So everything right down from the beautiful John Williams score, because that Mm. dude's getting old. Can someone just lock him in a room for the remainder of his life and ask him to churn out quite a few scores for this series?
1: What a great what a great Twilight years.
4: Surely that's a musician's age care facility where he can compose yeah. for us. Everything you need. <laughs> as if he hasn't given us enough. <laughs> well, just nobody does it like him. I'm just gonna say that. Like I know Mandalorian had a totally different take and that was cool and everything, mm. but God mm. it's Star Wars when John Williams throws
3: a score at the wall, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's subtleties in there, in there as well throughout the series where well, especially in the last episode, they literally played some of the classics, that uh, like the Imperial March and everything, and set pieces that, for me, like and some of the background stuff, it just felt very Star Wars as well. There was a couple of scenes that I think that I could tell were in the volume. The yeah. most one that I saw was the last episode when Riva was carrying Luke back to the uh, homestead, and also you know, the darkness behind them was a little bit... Oh, uh, I could see that one, but overall, it was, it was mm. phenomenal, and uh, the other... Part of it too, Pat, you had mentioned about the brutality of Vader. There was, you know, consternation. Well, when is there not consternation in <laughs> Star Wars commentary? But how is Vader going to be, you know, treated as a character? And when we saw what he does in this series and compare that to what we saw in Rogue One, it is right up that alley. And I was stunned at some of the stuff that he was doing. I mean, wonderfully and happily stunned. Brutal. Yeah, brutal. Perfect word for it. And it, Completely played into his character, and Obi Wan, you could tell it. You know Mm -hmm. when there was that one scene with Tala and the uh, near the path, and he was witnessing what he was doing as he's like rampaging Mm -hmm. down the main street. Great to see at the same time, but also very scary. It was pretty scary, and and
4: interesting that they. uh, The rumor was that, oh, I don't know if it's rumor, it's probably fact that this is the toned down version, and the original scripts were were a lot darker.
3: Wow.
1: Yeah, I think it's just with the ease in which basically he's walking through the town ripping people out of windows and, and like choking oh, it's like Yeah. It's like man, you know, he's just just it's almost effortless as he's I know, I, he's I, just, had
4: day, I had a day the other day at work like that. I was just oh, gosh like
1: I could have. <laughs> yeah, he walks through ripping people out of cubicles, he's like, Ah uh, yep. where's my boss? <laughs>
0: Dark Williams there.
1: <laughs>
4: we all have our days. Come on, Charles. True. But yeah, it was great, wasn't it, seeing um, Obi Wan's face while he was watching that? Just that
1: horror on his face. Right. Mm, nice. Yeah. So he's like, listen, if I'm going to make a ruckus. You're gonna know what's going on, and like just that display was you know, frightening because it's that's something that Jedi do, and um to mm-hmm. see it on such a large scale where he's just any and all takers, he's like, uh, I'm take you, take you out, would have been terrifying.
3: And at that point, he knows that Anakin is Vader, mm-hmm. and he sees this creature coming towards him. This mechanized robot is containing the body of Anakin, and. Mm. He realizes at that point it's like I've got to face him and I have no chance. I, I'm and he realizes that he's at a very very early stage of even remotely trying to get back to where he needs to get to, and that's why he, he hightails it. And mm-hmm. the way that entire scene ended there in that sort of construction area with the with the fire and all that, uh, where mm. Obi Wan is just basically fighting for his life and he knows it. Mm-hmm. it it's yeah. interesting, isn't it?
4: Because the character of Vader has been around well as long as Star Wars, so. We tend with monsters and villains that they lose their power. So, or the, their power to, um, frighten us because they become toys and images and memes and lose that sort of gravitas. But between Rogue One and, and Kenobi, it's de- definitely brought back just the true villainry of Vader to that yeah. uh, mass monster we st- saw in A New Hope in the Tantive 4.
2: Yeah. I'm glad that we didn't have to have a vader series or something in depth to see that like just s- stories are going on vader's around and we just see what he does what he's up to in those parts of it like once again when we just had the first few episodes and people saying michael why is op once so week you know and all this sort of stuff And so like <laughs> think about it mate like Va- vader's rising to power he's had to you know leave his you know force thing behind to to hide away and he's terrified he's he's mortified what's happened he's just learning what's happened to his young padawan training him you know now he's grown into a monster so yeah of course he's scared with that that emotional thing imagine just somebody that you've loved or you're brought up you know like as a brother or a son or something or you know it was like he was hey quite gone you know so to to adopt him you know and train him and then that was his and like that's my f- failure uh, of course horrified
1: yeah, and then you think over to, like, when you see Luke's training on Dagobah. And now he's not very trained in the Force, but he's mm. in the slightest deviation in focus. And he's dropping rocks and stuff. So it's like you can see how when you're distracted mentally, where you're focused on protecting Luke, but then you're also worried about the other Leia and, and how, you know, Bale's feeling the squeeze and your former Padawan, your failure is wreaking havoc across the galaxy. All those things in addition to stifling your connection with the force are going to weigh heavily on his ability to focus on whatever the task is, whether it's a simple mind trick or whether it's, you know, moving an object or any of that is going to be greatly impacted by where his mind is right now.
3: He's had a lot to keep him up at night.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
3: That's a great point though, because for who knows how long, you know, just as daily you got a sense of it, right? We saw I think two days worth of time to make the donuts, you know, punching in, (laughs) cutting the meat, going home, feeding the yogi. So we saw two days of that. So it sets the stage of like he's in this rudimentary life. He's watching over Luke, doing his thing, you know, rinse, wash, repeat. And then within forty eight hours his entire world is thrown upside down. So he still has Luke on your mind, like you're saying that. Then he also has now Leia and she's been kidnapped. He's got bail. And oh my gosh, Hayden is Vader. And all this is going on and he's chasing him in the rubble and he doesn't have the connection to the force that he needs. And all this other stuff is going on, let alone the guilt that before Mm. he knew Anakin was Vader. Now he's got this, I am what you made me ringing through his head. I mean, holy moly, man, I don't think he's equipped for that moment to deal with any of this stuff. Of course, how is he going to do it? I need to get out of here and and train myself or get back into the force.
2: Yeah, and that's why he couldn't see Qui-Gon that he needed to because he's had that horror. And it's like, say, if you're super stressed or something and you're focusing it on too much, you're letting those thoughts dwelling and you're trying to meditate, but then you just think about the job that you need to do or something. You're not going to get that connection to put peace to yourself to then rise above it and focus on other things. It's a similar thing, yeah.
4: It was nice to see him at the end have that sort of smile back and the um optimism, and yes. um so we got to see the return of that character, and then it sort of did start to feed into that fantastic connection between Ewan and Alec Guinness, because um, Alec Guinness always had that sort of twinkly-eyed, um wise, you know, the, the wizard, but then also the mm. sort of sadness underneath, because um, mm-hmm. we knew some shit had gone down, we just didn't know what it was. Um yeah. <laughs> so it it worked well. What are your thoughts on the series being directed having that one director? Do you uh, think that do you think you can tell like obviously you compare it to Boba Fett you can tell because that was just scrambled eggs that was yep. you know <laughs> something completely different going on every week which you know that's not saying that's, that's, uh, that's yeah it's bad.
2: Yeah, it's just a consistency and I could hear now why when Ewan's telling us way before it's coming out, it's going, Oh, I'm so excited, she's done such a great job, blah blah blah, yeah. And it's that big bigger picture of everything. And I mean, even um like the little stories like we touched on to say, yeah, Reva's doing that thing, then Baru and Lars, like we get to see them how much they love Luke, how they care for him. Yeah. Um and yeah, you know, we don't realise like in New Hope, Oh yeah, that they've just had to look after him and whatever and just want him to be farming. No. That, you know, they even want Ben, you can say hello to him, you can give him the toy now, and look, you know, sure, you'll keep your distance, but we, we know what, what he is, but we're going to protect him, and especially when Reva's going for him. But they did, they really put up a big fight, both of them. Oh, yeah. Bruce going, look, you're going, we're, not, we're not going anywhere, this is our home, we're staying. And we're going to do it. And I mean, and that begs a question, Reba buried her lightsaber. There's a meme going around like Ray did later on this whole bunch of metal detector near the last homestead. So
4: um,
2: yeah, I don't know what we're going to do with that, but
4: you're very much right about Owen and Beru because it even gives more Mm. um, Mm. uh, sort of horror to their sad demise, you know, because now we're getting to know them a little bit.
1: Yeah. In a more personal way than just this authoritarian that's like i ah, have those droids in a south ridge <laughs> like yeah, yeah. fine uh you can see that he's he understands what's gone on in the galaxy and you know what the risk is to those with force sensitivity and he doesn't want that for luke so it's like listen you know we need to help around here and we don't want you Going around grabbing drinks from the other side of the bar, at Atashi Station, uh, you know, with your mind. So that kind of stuff is protective of him. And we can identify better with that through seeing the care they take and the tight lipped approach they take, like in public when he's in town. And it's like, you know, I'm just got my kid at home, nothing to see here, you know? Brutal existence
4: on Tatooine, isn't it? You know, like you think about squeezing those drops of water out of the clouds
3: and. It's, and the was a lack of resources. It's it's yeah. real rough farming. Yeah, and like oh, yeah. the Tuscan raids, the imminent uh, fear of that. And you know, I would go as far as to say that the performances that we got from Owen and Brew in this series mm-hmm. reminds me of the depth that we see from the Clone Wars. You know, Rex and Wolf. Those relationships gives the weight of Order 66 when that happens. The same thing happens with Owen and Baru when we see that they're dead in A New Hope because you have this backstory. And even Reba says, you really love him. And yeah, they do. And I mean, look, it's like when the prequels came out and I was excited. Oh,
2: wow, Joel Edgerton, you know, a big fan at the time, this Aussie actor up and coming, and, and he is. And I've watched pretty much nearly every movie he's done. He's just picked some great stuff. And just to, for him to have an opportunity to play that character and be that character and, yeah, put that weight behind that and meaning behind that character. And, mate, look, when you, when you see him, you know, speaking to some interviews, you see, hear the really Aussie talk, you know, go, yeah, right, he's really relaxed. He's so funny. Very different <laughs> to how he is on screen. So he's a good actor.
3: <laughs> One of the other aspects, I think, too, of the, the depth with which they went into the series was we had two very key parts where we see, lightsabers think at the inquisitorious fortress we see like the almost like bookcases lining this massive room and and, you know every foot there's another lightsaber and then near the end of the series when obi-wan looks down there's a box of lightsabers and Mm -hmm. it's just yeah yeah the impact that this is the remnants of what was order 66 and they're just being thrown around like uh you know some old baseball gloves and it's uh again gives that low-key terror. And you can see it almost in Ewan's performance, the subtle look at like he looks at the box and he could have recognized half of them. Who knows? But it's mm-hmm. still, it still reminds him of where he's come from and what he still has to do. But that was another deep moment for me. It's like, wow, there's a, a very quick reminder of what he's gone through. Do you think um like originally this
4: series was kicking around as a, a film as we know, um, mm. pre-Disney Plus. So if they had have done a film, sort of alternate worlds here, um, what do you think the narratives they would have kept if they could have only had two hours? Mm. Do you think we do you think we would have had the Leia Reva story and one battle with Vader?
1: I think it's uh, very interesting because a lot of what you lack in the prequels is made up for in those series, the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and then and then enriched in Rebels and things like that. So. There's almost like a rule of thumb that we don't have time for everything in this movie. So these story building, character enriching moments have to be cut for the sake of time. So, you know, when you see these aspects in the show that really kind of bring more weight to some of the scenes and things like that, it's like they probably would have gotten cut for time. So, you know, a lot of that stuff, which, you know, again, I think is part of why they decided on the episodic series, because you've got these things that they didn't get to tell in the prequels that they realize are important. And, you know, they want to be able to tell that story more completely with all of these different aspects that they just can't do in a two, two and a half hour movie. Yeah wouldn't have been the same. I couldn't see it now,
2: like, after watching this. And I think that's, it's sort of like, for us, you know, I mean, I liked the prequels because I'd w- we're watching comics to get to know more of the characters because I couldn't see it all in the film and just, like, Duke, where are you come from? How come, what? You're good now, you bet, yeah. what? You know, so just exactly. things like that. So it's just a sort of, I think it would have been like the prequels or something. Whereas, say, Rogue One, it's a simple standalone movie to tell that story to steal a plan or something. So that worked. And same. Solo and I mean, I mean, yeah, once again, the engineer were talking about, yeah, that was great because it was like this we we're, we're going to trick you, we're going to trick you, and it's um, a nice film. this, yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's brilliant and it's this hope thing, but it's um there's the tiniest bit of depth in there, like you know in uh, and I mean that in a good way, like to show that he uh, you are a good guy underneath, and whatever not, but there didn't need to be whereas we already know, knew I'd be ones in. For that character development from where he got to to where he is, like as such an old man as where he him from A New Hope, then there's complexity there. Solo was just like that growing up and becoming a smuggler, so that worked. But I couldn't see it working at all. Yeah,
4: yeah. I I always have a prejudice towards the films. I just it's how we were introduced to Star Wars. So I'm if you ask me, do I want a film or a TV series? I'm always going to say a film. But this has kind of made me think twice because. As Mm. you said, Pat, just those special moments that you know we wouldn't have gotten if you had to shave four hours out of it or three Mm -hmm. and a half. Like, even the development of the connection between Obi-Wan and Leia would have been far more superficial. And so uh, I'm glad it was a series.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Let's not forget, you wouldn't get such gems as uh, Zach Braff's performance as Freck.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it was the best. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he knew that time and oh
1: his name there on the credits and oh, so funny. I think what happened there was Donald Faison, his buddy from Scrubs, was in the Star Wars Resistance yes. Yes. and he probably was rubbing it in his face that he's in a Star Wars and Zach was not. And uh Zach <laughs> called up Lucasfilm and was like, You gotta have something for me. They're like, We have this weird mole creature. He's like, I'll do it.
3: <laughs> he was fantastic. He was amazing. <laughs> But Pat and I talked about that not too long ago about Freck and, uh, Mm. it was very interesting to see. It's probably one of the first real good examples of someone who is doing his daily job and, hey, there's nothing wrong with a little order. And, and those little tidbits would have likely have been cut, you know, from the movie, but, Mm. uh, it's good to show that even within the massive story that we're so familiar with down to, this one character on this one little planet he's just doing his job and he's okay with everything he's he's got his food he's got his money he's got whatever mm-hmm. he needs and friendly with the stormtroopers they seem to respect him mm-hmm. you know he's staying in his lane it's all fine so it's a it's a very interesting opposite side view of what's going on with the rebellion
1: and that's how the empire marketed themselves you know the the whole yeah. idea was like you know we're we're forming this empire to usher in a, a time of safety in these unknown and dangerous times will keep you safe. And it shows that that can be an effective tool because some people will believe it. And and to some degree, you know, you're correct in claiming that because it's like, well, you know, we are keeping you safe. So you just stay in line. Yeah. Yeah. And those that are willing to just stay in line and go with the flow are, you know, kept relatively safe. You know, until, you know, God forbid something happens and then, you know, <laughs> then their whole fashion. transport gets, uh, gets, yeah, exactly. Then their whole transport gets blown up and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> wrong place, wrong time, I guess. And then the empire moves on, no harm, no foul. But yeah, initially they do offer that as, uh, you know, with the old, uh, Ben Franklin adage, those that will give up freedom for safety, uh, deserve neither. Um, yeah. so, you know, it's one of those things where they said, we'll keep you safe and, Good old Freck is like, all right, and he's, like, picking him up. <laughs> what's he's like, uh, what's up, boys? You know, like, he's just doing his thing.
3: And, of course, he didn't buy their story at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, we're yeah. looking for a Jedi. uh, <clears throat> uh don't make eye contact. Uh, all right, <laughs> trip almost over, what?
4: We're talking about the movie as well. Like, if there had to be one because I was lucky enough to see the last two episodes at IMAX. And so I kind that of got a awesome. taste for, for what it would have looked like as a movie. And we know they would have thrown more money at it because the effects would have been condensed right. into two hours, so we would have seen something special. But, my gosh, it looked pretty good as it was. To see those Star Destroyers on a big IMAX screen mm. just looked absolutely amazing. I know that they want everyone to sign up for Disney mm. Plus and have this exclusivity, but... Uh, even if it's just like a one week run in cinemas or something to have a marathon or right. even the last two episodes of each series would just be amazing. And there's certainly money to be made. I'd pay for it. Star is about friendships and people. So, yeah. and that's the one thing Disney plus can't yeah. offer me. Um well they did when they invited us to IMAX, so sorry about that, Disney. But um, <laughs> but but um so so for the first two episodes we had um just like a local Star Wars buddies came to my place and yeah. we had you know, cocktails and pizza and stuff and it felt exciting to wait and watch it all together and have that sense of community and then seeing the last two episodes with a good five or six hundred people as well was just awesome. So I hope there's some chance for that in the
1: future. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and again, if you've, you know, marketed them, you've got them six episodes, so so four weeks, and then here's this in cinemas, you could very easily pack the house.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Daly. It's like, yeah, it was great when we all watched it together. Okay, it wasn't that cinema, but it was still about that friendships and stuff, and then, like, not being able to go see episodes with your friends. That's why I was, I think that's probably why I'm doing the podcast, talking about episode to episode. It's like, it forces you to sort of really watch it and analyze it watch it again and just talk to your friends straight away like that initial reaction that's why I was doing it with the season two of Mandalorian and Boba Fett and also what you're saying Dale that you can see this one is working in sort of like the films that beginning that chasing scene the chasing the rebels it's another episode the Star Destroyer is coming that's what I got that felt from that beginning of episode six and it's like this is the real feel and this is what we wanted from. That was the only disappointment as I had as a kid. It's like, oh, there's only three films. There should be lots of episodes and adventures of Luke Skywalker or someone. So, But, yeah, it is hard to not be able to share it with people.
3: Well, we are having so much fun. I think we're going to need to split this episode in two parts. Would you guys what? be okay coming back yeah. and doing part two? Oh,
2: I'm so tired. Like, come on. <laughs>
3: you couldn't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, half of us are on board. All right. <laughs> well, thanks. Okay, we're going to split this one into two parts. In OB1 we'll and OB2. Two. Two. <laughs> we're going to maul this episode. and uh
1: <laughs> Split it right down the middle. Got All it. All
3: right, there you go. We'll uh, have part two
1: in two weeks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. So, same way. time, same place. This has been fantastic. It's been a wonderful conversation indeed. Thanks mostly to uh, Michael and Dale. So where can people find you to listen to your stuff and get to know you guys better?
2: It's True, All of It, a Star Wars podcast on iTunes, and you can find us on the email. It's True, All of It, 33 at Gmail and Instagram, it underscore wars at Twitter. Dale, help me out. It doesn't matter. but um, Look it up. Yeah, Look
1: right. it up. <laughs> I'm not gonna do all the work for you. He's, He's gonna, gonna put it in the show notes anyway. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I guess I'll try and do a better job of ours than I did last time on our friend Rob's <laughs> JTA podcast. Oh, yeah. um, exactly. We are at conversations.com on the Facebook.com slash Conversuations, at Suations on Twitter, Instagram Conversations. We have a link tree with all of that and more. Links up with our Red 5 Network teammates. If you'd like to link up with our Red 5 Network teammates uh, in the near future, Uh we will be at ScarifCon 2022, outside of Chicago, Illinois. So if you are around July 23rd, we will be at uh, Murray's Shack. So that's us and them and, um, well, many of them live and in person and likely being banned from the city. Uh, furthermore, we are on Zazzle as well. We have a little Zazzle shop. Um, wait, no, shh, sorry. We have a Zazzle shop.
0: You can buy stuff there.
1: Yeah, right now you can. Once they get wind of it, you won't be able to. Anyway, so that's there, and those are all in our show notes. uh, So so Charles tells me. I don't know. So that's us. This is them. And that's the scuttlebutt. No, I guess this is where uh, where we say hello there or goodbye there.
2: I like to say that. Conversation. Now I can't stop. All right. May the force be with you. Listen on.
0: Hello, I'm Salat Murray, also known as Yakface. And I'm Malakili, the Rancor Keeper. And we want to tell you about the latest album by the Zarbologist. Yes, that's right. Featuring all your greatest hits, including the classic from the sequels Waiting for Episode 7. I'm waiting for Episode 7. And when I get there, I'll be in heaven. Yes, and the other sequel song, Episode 8. Episode 8 is gonna be great. I'll be at the midnight screening with all of my mates. I'm curious about the Jedi's fate. The Zarbologist has provided us with a song of those cute little bears, the Ewoks. favorite character, featuring I'm 9 I'm Nine-Num, don't have a lot to say. Sitting next to Lando, all the way to the second death star, gonna blow it up. I'll be the best kick the rebels ever got. Cause I'm Nine-Num, nine, I'm Nine-Num. Nine, Here, the Zarbologist sing for joy about one of his favorite Star Wars movies, Solo. Our second Star Wars story movie. What will it be like? It'll be a fun adventure, yeah, it'll be alright. A sad song all about me, the Rancor Keeper. I took my rancor away. I am the rancor keeper. The latest album by The Zarbologist, Star Wars Songs Volume 1, will be available at the end of the year of 2022. Available on Spotify, YouTube. Bandcamp, iTunes, and many, many more places you can find music online. And remember, it's spelt S-Z-A-B-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. Search it online and see what you will find. This is definitely the band and the music you have been looking for.